This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com code program. Welcome to Viral, a podcast series looking at the spread of COVID-19 as it continues to affect Ireland and the international world in a growing capacity. On the podcast today, we look at how COVID-19 enhances gender inequality across the globe and what positive changes should be made in Ireland's recovery plan. Women are overrepresented in the industries that have been hit the hardest. And we're talking about things like hospitality and travel and restaurants and childcare. Um, and they also make up uh, more than 60% of the lowest wage earners. And then there's this added wrinkle, Becky, that, um, that I think you know well, I know well, which is that it actually does fall on women disproportionately at home during this time period, the homeschooling, the, the cooking and the housework, et cetera, the child care. And these are all issues that my concern, I will tell you, um, having worked in this area for a couple of years now, is that these losses will be sustained. That was a clip from a CNBC interview with Joanne Lippmann, American author of That's What She Said, speaking about some of the issues that have arisen for many households during this pandemic and the economic uncertainty it has caused. The economic and social fallout from this crisis is still unclear, but unlike the financial crash of 2008, which predominantly affected blue-collar middle-aged male workers in industries such as manufacturing and construction, the fallout from COVID-19 is likely to most impact industries that are female-dominated. That in itself is obviously an issue, but it also has a knock-on effect much greater than short-to-medium-term unemployment. Today I speak to Selena Ribeiro, a freelance journalist who writes for The Guardian, about a piece she wrote on the prospect of a pink-coloured recession in the years following COVID-19, and whether we are in danger of setting a generation of women out of employment for good. Later in the podcast then, I speak with Orla O'Connor, director of the National Women's Council of Ireland, and we discuss what social infrastructure is needed in Ireland to create a more sustainable landscape for women returning to work. In the chat, we talk about Ireland's male breadwinner social welfare system and why a public childcare sector is essential in the years to come. First though, here is my chat with Selena. The most um, immediate effect would really be on sectors which haven't lost work, so on the healthcare sector and on the education sector, which in Australia are very heavily dominated by women. So that's increased their workload and the complexity of the work that they do. But in terms of the the job losses, um, that is really unique in this crisis in that the lockdown has affected 
retail trade and accommodation and food services, so hospitality, um, really as the first line of um, first in the line of fire. Those two sectors are also female dominated and um, highly casualized. And one reason that um, economists would suggest that these areas are female dominated is because they have a high rate of casual and part-time employment. So that kind of work structure allows women more easily to structure their work around childcare or other kind of caring responsibilities. And there's just a cultural kind of thing which sees uh, women going into those sectors as opposed to construction or engineering, which has been persisting. So um, that's really the two key areas in which women have been affected in terms of their paid work. Has there been a much of a move of women then dropping out of the labour market completely? And what long-term effect does that have then? Is there a possibility that they will just not rejoin afterwards? And why would that take place? Absolutely. So in terms of the, the loss of uh, women from the workplace and, and them dropping out, obviously there's been a huge hit to employment across both genders. Um, what we've seen in Australia is that um, women who've lost their jobs have actually just simply dropped out of the workforce rather than falling into an unemployment category. They've just kind of dropped out. That could be for a number of reasons. One, um, it could be that they just don't have the jobs available for them. Um, But the economists I've been speaking to suggest that really it's also because there's this enhanced care responsibility, which is falling disproportionately on women, which means that They've just lost their job. There's not many jobs around. And additionally, they're doing extra care of their children. They're doing virtual learning. Um, Potentially, they're looking after older relatives who are not able to get out. That kind of care load also falls to women. So all of those things mean that women are more inclined and are dropping out of the workforce in a different way to men. Um, The problem when you drop out of the workforce and are out for a longer time, we've seen this in previous recessions where men have been affected in this way, that once they've been out for a little while, um, it's very hard to rejoin for a certain cohort. In the past, that's particularly affected older men. Um, But here we're worried about women and and any men, but we're expecting it to be more likely a problem for women to see skill atrophy, um, losing your networks, losing your connections. And for women coming back into the workforce in a recovery, there's an additional um, challenge in that it's going to be a really highly competitive job market. And if you do only have part-time hours available or you've got limited flexibility because you're caring for young children, older relatives or such, you're going to be less competitive in that market. So it's imagine that um, a combination of that care responsibility, the sectors hit and just the immediate dropping out of the labour force, that could really mean that women's work suffers for the longer term. In your article, I saw there was a really interesting quote saying that crises don't change us, they reveal us. Do you believe that to be true? Mm. And what does this crisis then reveal to us? I think I think it is true. I think in Australia, we're seeing quite a lot uh, looking afresh at our society that we had going into the crisis and having conversations about what kind of society we want at the end. And in terms of um, workplace uh, and gender issues, I think what we're seeing is 
um, we've had a real realization in this country that childcare and early education is a vital part of the economy. Um, and so the way that we discuss that has been changing. And, and we had a, a large um, rescue package for the industry here. And a lot of that was based on encouraging or enabling women to continue work. So there's been a recognition that childcare is very important to the economy. Um, but also what it has revealed is that the, the problems in accessing childcare and cost is a significant problem in terms of uh, workforce participation. The other thing that it's really revealed in a more cultural sense is how much of a burden um, women take on in unpaid labour that the value of unpaid labour has probably come into the spotlight more than in any time that I remember because all of a sudden both um, men and women are at home with their children if they have them, um, so it becomes more visible. But also the whole economy and uh, political discussion has really been talking about um, how people are faring at home and, and with this unpaid labour. So I think we are seeing how unequal that has been but there is an opportunity that bringing that to the light um, could see change in the future. Orla O'Connor is director of the National Women's Council of Ireland and feels that resolving insufficiencies in Ireland's childcare and early years sector is vital for allowing women to re-enter the workforce as society transitions away from COVID-19. Well, I think certainly one of the critical issues is the need now for a public model of childcare. I know that so many women are really concerned about returning to work and being very uncertain about what model of childcare will be there. And the fact is that the government has come in, for example, and paid the wages of childcare workers, all predominantly women. So we're on the cusp of a public model of childcare. So that's a critical issue in terms of women being able to return to work. And then I think the second bit is that we should use this as an opportunity of looking at how we reorganise work. So we can see, yes, people can work remotely. We would also be saying that we need to look at things in a higher quality way, look at reduced working hours, look at things like the possibility of a four-day week. I think we need to take this as an opportunity now to look at how we reorganise work, particularly that accommodates an ethic of care, that care has to be part of our our working model. Do you feel then it's right to say that emergencies such like this just deepen the inequalities that we're used to seeing in regular life? All of those things would be commonplace in households now, but are just more so amplified. I think that's the key thing that what the COVID crisis has done is that it's, it's, it's exposed the deep inequalities that were there in our society and the structural inequalities and particularly around care. I think it's, it's really um, showing that. And, and, and I think as well, it's showing both the, the inequalities that are there, but also the lack of state infrastructure to provide for these vital services. I mean, if we learn anything from COVID, it should be that care is an essential public service, be that childcare, be that, be that care for, for, for anyone who needs care, be that older people, people with disabilities. It is an essential public service, and yet it is one that the state really has failed to provide for in any comprehensive way in terms of meeting people's needs. And the responsibility of not having that infrastructure there is absolutely falling on women. Can we speak a little bit about the Irish welfare system? In your piece, you mentioned uh-huh. as well that it's geared towards a male breadwinner model. What exactly mm-hmm. does that entail? And I suppose, how does it look for families across Ireland? So the issue really with the Irish welfare system is that it was it was built on what's commonly known as a male breadwinner model. And what that means is it's based around being available for full-time work and 
people who are unemployed then being supported into full-time work. And women within the system were often treated, and that's why we have such a high proportion of adult dependents, predominantly whom are women, over 90% are women, um, and they're considered as adult dependents. So they don't receive payments in their own right. Um, the main claimant is the man receives the payment for them. So they don't have economic independence in the system. And also, and which is really important, is that they also then don't have access to the employment supports and education and training supports that are provided within the system. And I think what's really interesting in the current crisis, so where the pandemic unemployment payment, the wage subsidy payments, they've all been given to people as individuals. So I think it shows that it's absolutely possible. And it's something that we in the Women's Council really want to see continued because this is about women's economic independence. And it's also about that access, that access that gives you to then a whole series of supports from the state. And I think the, the other issue that's really important for women in terms of that male breadwinner model is, you know, many women want to work part time. And, and I think that part time work is becoming much more of our, our I suppose, reorganization of work. So the, so the social welfare system needs to accommodate that. It needs to accommodate for people who say, well, I'm, I am unemployed, but I'm unemployed in that I want to work part time. And whereas you're disqualified from the system, you can't say that. You have to be available for full time work. Do you think is there still also a social stigma attached to working part time? Well, I think part of the problem is that part time work, there's a stigma attached to it. But generally, part time work is low paid, precarious work. So it's really important that part-time work is a viable, sustainable option. So it, it has to be properly paid and it also needs to be more secure and sustainable. Whereas a lot of part-time work options have been very you know, precarious work. We also need to shift how we organise work as well as the reform that's needed in our welfare system. So they need to go hand in hand in terms of a new model of working life. That is all for episode 28 of Viral COVID-19. I'd like to thank Selena Ribeiro and Orla O'Connor for joining me on today's podcast. We will be back on Thursday with more news from Ireland and around the world as COVID-19 progresses. I mean, Dole, I'll talk to you then.